Hey, Crime Salad listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Salad. We did take a little break from our weekly episodes, and just like we announced on social media, if you didn't get the memo, we'll be moving our weekly episodes to bi-weekly, just temporarily because we are in the process of moving, and along with that, we reached a pretty big milestone in our personal life. We bought our first house. So although we are so extremely excited, it is taking up a lot of our time. And of course, we love this podcast and plan to continue moving forward. It's such a fun and creative outlet for us to break away from our regular jobs. And we absolutely love you guys. Our goal for 2020 is to grow this podcast into something much more We strive episode by episode trying to make it better and truly appreciate your support and can't thank you guys enough for listening and interacting with us as much as you do. Today, we will be talking about a very recent case, and this case is very unique. I've actually been following it since it's been released to the media, which has now been a case talked about nationwide. And overall, it's just a truly heartbreaking story, especially when two young children lose their mom. A mom who wanted the best for her kids, but sadly will never get to see them grow up, all because of an extremely selfish person. She was happy, very involved with her son named Silas and her new baby and was going to college for veterinary work and was in the process of planning her own wedding. This all happened in Austin, Texas on December 12, 2019. It's all about a woman 33 years old named Heidi Broussard who went missing, completely vanished along with her newborn baby, leaving behind so much. Was this a runaway? Was she kidnapped, murdered? Was there another man involved? But what woman would run away, leaving one of her kids behind, leaving her dreams behind, and just completely vanish? Heidi also lived with her fiancé, Shane Carey, who is the father of her two kids. And also from a previous marriage, Shane's daughter lived with them as well. So both of their hands were full. And they both were very hardworking with their jobs. And just to paint the picture, Shane usually works longer hours to support the family, while Heidi also works but spends more time with the kids, especially now with their new addition, baby Margot. It was Thursday, December 12th, 2019. It was the day she vanished along with her newborn baby. She was last seen from surveillance footage being at her son's elementary school office as she was dropping him off at 7.50 in the morning. On her way home, she called Shane, her fiancé, to tell him about the book she bought at the book fair for $20, and she was very excited to get home to read them to Silas when he got home from school. It was just a normal, typical day in the life of Heidi. But after that, it's assumed that she went home. But when Shane gets home, she and the baby are nowhere to be found. And as for her fiancé, Shane, he was one of the first in question. After all, he was living with them, and how many times do we often suspect it's the husband or the boyfriend? 
The first interview I saw provided by NBC News, he was crying and the worry for hiding his daughter came off to me as genuine. I couldn't imagine the fear if this ever happened to anyone in my family. The feeling of desperation, and he honestly looked like he hasn't slept for hours and is exhausted, knowing that Heidi would never have left. But what if she did? Or is she being held captive? He's completely devastated in this video, but at the same time, a lot of people who were voicing their opinions about Shane believe that it's possibly all an act, that possibly he's hiding something. Maybe he's just really good at acting. Maybe he's been reciting what he's going to say to the public. Could this be another Chris Watts case? So at this point, Shane being the main suspect was all over the internet. There were YouTube videos of theories that people were coming up with and videos of Shane's every move in the interviews that he did. Like how he talked or the way he stood, the way he held his arms. People were dissecting every detail. Even one interview in particular, which was actually removed. Now, although it was removed, we were able to track it down and we'll share a piece of it. And you'll be able to hear how Shane just felt very uncomfortable during this interview when he's really just trying to get the word out about Heidi and his baby. Yes, uh, it's my fiance. Yes, ma'am. So Shane just going to talk to you today? Yeah, I, I look down when I talk. I'm sorry, I'm going to look down the whole time probably. Yeah. So just tell us about um, the day your fiance and your, um, your baby went missing. Um, like... What kind of day was it? Was it a regular day? It was uh, just a basic Thursday. Uh, we basically have a routine every day. I get up around uh, 6 a.m. And uh, pretty much hit the snooze button a couple times. And then I finally wake up around 6.15, drink some water, um, Wake up the uh, kids around 6.30. Wake up Heidi and Silas uh, right before I leave. Uh, um, so like once I got them up on Thursday, uh, it, was, it was kind of a later morning. It was around 6.40 whenever I got them up. And because uh, it was Heidi's first day to actually take Margo. Uh, by herself with the Silas. <clears throat> so pretty much gave uh, Heidi a kiss, the baby a kiss, and um, Silas a kiss, said have a wonderful day. Uh, left the apartment, uh, went to work, and then she takes the kids to school, and she, she was making lunch, like right before I left. Uh, uh, she took the kids to school. I don't know. Uh, um, so uh, at around 8 o'clock, uh, she called me. I answered the phone. Like, right before I got in my truck, uh, I work for Unicorn Moving. So uh, she called me around 8. And uh, she told me that she went to the book fair. She bought three books. Cost about $25. It was amazing. Like, she couldn't wait to uh, read to Silas. And uh, I told her, I love you, goodbye. And, uh, oh, 
This is hard. <laughs> uh, This interview initially sparked the thought that he is guilty of Heidi and Margot's disappearance, but he also sounded emotionally drained with the whole thing. As interviewees questioned him, picking his brain over and over with the details of that morning and being asked the same set of questions like, where was Heidi? What time was it? Where were you? As the hot white lights were beaming down on him. I could imagine this would be tough, annoying, and invasive. But could he be a murderer? Could he have done this? And honestly, everyone was thinking the same thing. He does appear to be smiling in this interview, not making direct eye contact, and even chuckling at times. But now, we all have been in awkward situations or uncomfortable situations where maybe a laugh will come out for whatever reason. Think about it. He looks and sounds deliriously tired and emotionally drained. It's almost sad to watch. If he's not guilty, he just lost his fiance and his newborn baby. Imagine that. Yeah, listening to this interview for the first time didn't really make me feel like he was guilty at all. It's kind of like the public and the media just focusing in on the awkwardness of the interview. But to me, it just really seems like he's concerned. I mean, he's not a trained professional. He's not used to being under lights and in front of cameras. And really, I just don't think he knows what to say. And from the outside looking in, I think it's just easy to sit back and analyze everything that he says. And really, can you blame anyone for feeling this way? Especially with the other cases that play out the exact same way with the husband in the media right away. And honestly, how many possibilities are there at this point? It really comes down to either Heidi did something on her own free will or Shane did something to her. And it's all just really weird timing with the birth of their newborn daughter three weeks earlier. Really, I just think it's easy to point fingers at him only knowing what we know so far. Yeah, totally agree. But Shane just lost his fiance and three-week-old baby. How would you react to that? And on top of that, there's so much pressure on him. Every move he makes, he knows the media is dissecting every word he says. He knows like the police are looking at him. Like that's a lot of pressure. And emotionally, that's a lot of pressure. Mentally, that's a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know how I would even handle that situation. Yeah, exactly. He's literally going through so much right now. Like everyone is completely against him. It doesn't really seem like it matters what he says. People are just going to have their own thoughts about it. But really, can you blame the media? I mean, with the way everything plays out these days, you know, with everything being posted and shared on Facebook and just the news in general, we see these things play out this way all the time, just like the Chris Watts case. So really, I think for the public, it's just like, oh my God, here we go again, another Chris Watts case. Yeah, that's a good point. So along with his story, he actually didn't know Heidi was missing until he got a call that his son was still at daycare and he needed picked up, which is very unlike Heidi. Once he gets home, he sees her car parked in the driveway. He probably thinks, okay, she's home. Why didn't she get their son from daycare? 
but he notices that the front door was unlocked and Heidi isn't home. The baby isn't home, but the car seat that the baby is carried in is in their room. He goes to look in the car and the car is unlocked and sees that her purse in the diaper bag is still in the car, along with her ID, her debit card, her credit cards, but her keys and her cell phone are still missing. Where could she be? So from what we know at this point, it just looks like she drove home from her son's school, took her cell phone and keys and the baby in the car seat. Okay, maybe she went on a walk, maybe she's at a friend's or something, but hours go by and nothing. No one has seen or heard from Heidi. Investigators told KVUE, a local news station, that they're still trying to remain neutral and not jump to any conclusions at this point. They're still working on the case from two possible angles, that possibly Heidi may be left on her own, but they need to know that her and the baby are safe, or that Heidi and the baby are possible victims of foul play. So the investigation continues, and the media stands by waiting for any word on this case. The whole world is searching for Heidi and her baby Margot. The public starts to make some very interesting assumptions that Shane killed them, or Heidi left with another guy, or maybe she had a baby with someone else and wanted to start a new life with them. Interesting enough, she has a friend who is a guy that posted a picture of Heidi in 2018 that read, I love this woman. But at the same time, her family believes that she would never do anything like that. Because if that were the case, how likely would it be to run away with just one child, leaving her other child completely behind? Especially if Shane was abusive, what kind of mother would leave their child? One of Heidi's friends named Carissa even spoke up about how Shane is very abusive and manipulative and Heidi wanted to leave, but she was scared of what he would do. Her friend posted screenshots of Heidi's arm that had a quarter sized bruise on it and a small nail scratch to point out the fact that he was abusive, which who knows if this is actually true. But Shane is very involved with finding Heidi and Margot. He has a link on his Facebook that he posted to help raise money for a reward to finding his daughter and fiance. We're going to take a quick break here to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online service that I personally use for my mental health. They provide a number of professional licensed counselors who specialize in all situations that may be interfering with your happiness. It's seriously my personal outlet to get my mind right. It's affordable. It's so convenient. I decided to give BetterHelp a shot when I was going through a very anxious part of my life. So I just signed up and I was matched with an amazing counselor who was so willing to talk with me right away. We actually set up a video chat later in the week to catch up. We are all so busy. Give yourself the care that you need today. Start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash crime salad. Pretty much everyone at this point is pointing at the obvious suspect because Ricky, like you said, the same story happens often. Why wouldn't Shane have anything to do with it? Well, as people are jumping to conclusions, the investigation was still ongoing, but yet without any immediate arrests being made. 
Surveillance footage of that day shows that Heidi was at Shane's apartment complex and it was provided to the police. Friends, relatives, and neighbors were all being questioned and helping in any way that they could to find Heidi and her baby. And police were doing all that they can. And then, finally, eight days into a very extensive search for Heidi and her baby, the police came across a shattering discovery that had everyone shocked. Police finally get a hit from a tip, and one of those tips came in, directed police to a house in Houston, not too far from Heidi and Shane's home. It was December 20th, and police have the house completely surrounded and a search warrant is issued. During the search, police find a baby who was alive and well living in the house. Strange enough, police strongly believe it's baby Margot. It looks just like her in the missing picture flyer. But of course, they would have to do a DNA test to confirm 100%, but it just has to be. Wow, I mean, what a huge sigh of relief that Margot's still alive. And to Shane and his family, this must have been such a relief. But at the same time, like, there's still a lot of confusion. Like, they now have baby Margot, but where's Heidi? Like, why was her baby at this house? But the Houston police didn't really release any information right away. You know, we were kind of left clueless when this all came out. Personally, I was constantly checking my phone. I was sitting on the edge of my seat, relieved that the baby was okay, but still completely confused as to where Heidi was. Why didn't they say anything about Heidi? It was blasted all over the news that, you know, this house was surrounded with the police and the baby was found, but no information about Heidi. Well, soon we came to learn that the owner of the house is Christopher Green and the woman who lives with him is Megan Fiera Muska. Megan was one of Heidi's best friends and was currently living with Christopher. So if Margot was missing this whole time, but was found living in her house, what was Megan hiding? While police search the house all over, they find a car parked in the backyard. And as they approach it, the smell of decomp gets stronger and stronger. They open up the trunk and police find the body of Heidi Broussard. She was strangled to death and shoved inside the duffel bag and the car was registered to someone who you would least expect, her best friend, Megan, the girl who has been friends with her for two decades, who was in the birthing room while she was giving birth to her newest baby, Margot. And now police have found Heidi where they would never expect. This is so sick on so many levels. And just a few things to add to this, at the same time when Heidi was pregnant, Megan announced she and Christopher, her boyfriend, were also pregnant. She announced this to her friends and family on Facebook, and she also created and posted a baby registry using Amazon and Target, which we were able to access when we first heard about this, and it showed baby clothes and things that they would need for their new baby. But since then, the registry that Megan created has been removed. Megan had this whole scheme planned, but the truth is she was never even pregnant. She planned to attack her very best friend, murder her, and take her baby. She completely faked her pregnancy to everyone, even right to Heidi's face. There was even a tip that came in from a nurse at the hospital when Margot was born that explained she witnessed Megan telling Heidi she was 37 weeks pregnant, and while she was also there, she asked to hold Margot while Shane's dad was holding her. 
her. This would be the grandfather of Margot. And this is the first time that he was meeting his new granddaughter, which I would say is very inappropriate. Heidi and Megan were best of friends. Even a few years ago, Heidi posted on her Facebook, quote, can't wait to spend time with my best friend Megan Humphrey tomorrow. Gonna look at options at baby shower invites. So Heidi had three really good friends and Megan was one of them. The two of them met while they were at church camp when they both were 11 years old. But that's really all we know as far as their history. And now so much damage has been done to this beautiful family. And it's so terribly sad that the media pushes opinions onto the public when the facts aren't even true. Shane is completely innocent even though everyone assumed that he was the murderer. And it really just goes to show you can't trust anyone, possibly even someone you believe is your very best friend. And for all we know, Megan probably treated Heidi pretty well as a friend. I mean, she wanted Heidi to trust her so that the kidnapping wouldn't be alarming to anyone even to Heidi. For all we know, Heidi could have even willingly got into Megan's car. Well, according to the affidavit, a witness who called in a tip claims that they saw a woman who she believes could have been Heidi, who was carrying a newborn baby, approaching a light-colored car that was parked perpendicular to the parking spots at the apartment complex where Heidi and Shane lived. And there were two women in the car who came out to greet Heidi and her baby. After this, they all got into the car, and as soon as the doors closed, the car took off, not even allowing the baby to be in a secured car seat or anything. Just a day before the police did a search warrant on the house where Megan was keeping Margot and Heidi was found, police did a photo lineup of six females that could be possible suspects, and the witness who saw Heidi get into that suspicious car pointed to the picture of Megan. She stated that she was about 60 to 70% sure that Megan was the woman who was driving the car who picked up Heidi. So although it's not confirmed, I kind of feel like that tip was what led police to the house initially, but that was never released. Another one of Heidi's friends named Carissa explained, although she never met Megan's new baby, who she named Luna, said she did hear her cooing over the phone when they were on the phone and remember saying she sounds sweet, but she was completely blown away when she found out that Megan, Heidi's best friend, did this. She kept going on and on about how the details leading up to the case were just mind-blowing, like how Megan was at the hospital when she had her baby and thinking about how she never actually saw pictures of Megan's baby or how she never met the baby in person. It was all because she was hiding this very evil fact. Something interesting we also came across was an investigator named Tim Miller that explains in an interview during the investigation how his first call to Heidi's set of friends was to Megan. And she said to this investigator that she's seen him on TV for the search and she even thanked him to help finding her friend. We felt that hearing the actual interview was much more genuine than us telling you. So here's a small clip from that. So we stayed in close touch. I talked to Shane almost every day. Uh, Shane was frustrated at best. and uh, He took a lot of heat. He took a lot of heat. And, and Shane would call me and say, man, they brought me in. They polygraphed me. They kept me seven and a half hours and stuff. And... He got upset with him, he called him some names that we can't say, and he said, if I had anything to do with it, squeeze it out of me. How can I can't squeeze it out of me? And, uh, you know, and 
Shane was questionable in my mind. He was, and his stories weren't just quite as consistent as I thought. But I got to remember, I went through that my own self. And in the very beginning, there's a lot of different things going through your head. So I understand it now. Now I understand it. But then, uh, you know, a, another friend gave me some uh, friends of Heidi's and says, why don't you call him? And so my first call was to uh, Megan. And she answered the phone and I told her who I was and she said, yeah, I've seen you on TV so many times and just thank you for helping find my friend. And I said, well, Megan, I said, what's your heart telling you on this? And she said, Shane did it. She says, uh, I, I was there 10 years ago when they met. I told Heidi, stay away from this guy. He's trouble, the relationship's on and off. There's been a lot of abuse going on. Shane keeps saying, well, that baby's not even mine and stuff. She called me back in May and said that her and Shane had a terrible fight. And, and, uh, and she just went on and on and on and, uh, to the point that literally probably 45 minutes later, I said, Megan, listen, I got I to gotta go. I'm getting a call on the other line. And said, Mr. Miller, thank you for what you're doing. She says... I'm gonna keep talking to people and everything. If I come up with anything, is it okay if I call you? And I said, Megan, please do, please call me. And uh, I mean, looking back at that conversation on Sunday to now, uh, there was not one single indication that I would ever believe she had anything to do with it. So after hearing that interview and, you know, kind of seeing how Megan really upsold the whole idea that Shane must have killed Heidi, it's kind of interesting because Shane, who is innocent, you know, really struggled to really convey anything in his messages, you know, and and even though he 100% didn't do it, you know, we weren't able really to get that from him and he wasn't able to really put his words together and and honestly, maybe that's just because he's actually going through a lot of stuff. You know, he was deliriously tired and potentially lost his fiance and his daughter. But then you have someone like Megan who, you know, kind of jumped at the opportunity to to pass blame and, and really just really upsold the story. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. She really hit the ball out of the park and was very persuasive in what she was saying. I guess it kind of just shows that this whole thing was premeditated. This is something that she probably already figured out in her head. She had the idea to do this for so long and, you know, she kind of had all the pieces of the puzzle in place. And, you know, too, it's like Megan didn't show any emotion. Like, this is her best friend. If this was your best friend, like, like I would be devastated just about how like Shane was. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, you know, for Megan, it was almost like, like she wasn't sad. It was just like, I told her so. Like, I told her this would happen. Yeah, and it's crazy that she goes on for 45 minutes with her story. Now, baby Margot was just weeks old when she was finally reunited with her family. But now, sadly, without a mother. A vigil was held remembering Heidi and funeral arrangements were planned for Friday, December 27th, 2019. But as of now, Megan has been charged with kidnapping of baby Margot and tampering with the corpse, although details as far as charges and a set court date are still being determined. But for now, 
This concludes this week's episode. Be sure to check out pictures of this case on our website at crimesaladpodcast.com. And of course, we'd like to credit our sources, which will have the full list available on our website. You're also invited to join us on our Facebook discussion group where you can post links to cases you think are interesting or share anything crime related and meet other true crime salad investigators just like yourself and feel free to invite a friend. And if you would like to help support us, please follow us on Himalaya and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us now to help other listeners find us. This really helps us move up in the charts so other listeners can get their hands on Crime Salad. Don't forget to share with your friends and follow us on Instagram. Crime Salad is a true crime podcast delivering a healthy portion of crime. Crime Salad is a weird salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect.